Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up for our bonus episode, our, our in-between season episode with uh, Jillian Pensavalli. She was on the show upon your listener requests, and we kind of had a hodgepodge of current events. We talked about, as always, Jillian and I always do talk about our dogs. We talked about the West Memphis 3 case. We talked about the Gabby Petito case and the broader ranging topic of of missing people, specifically missing women, and even more specifically missing and murdered indigenous women that aren't getting the kind of coverage that, uh, that some other cases are. I, it was a really good chat. That's a conversation I would have just had with Jillian just in general. Uh, it was cool that we got to capture it on a podcast for all of you to hear. Got a bunch of questions from you guys and uh, got Mike and Zach in the studio. So we're going to go ahead and get the show on the road. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications. And that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Ford Ranger, a vehicle for all terrains and every passion. It's a workmate, a playmate, and to its drivers, a soulmate. So how do you improve the Ford Ranger? You go all in. The all-new Ford Ranger, the UK's best-selling pickup. Now available with rear bumper steps, tailgate workbench, and enlarged load box that can fit a Euro pallet. Go break it in. Search all-new Ford Ranger. Ford Pro. Driving productivity. According to SMMT data, features may be optional extras with additional cost. All right, before we get into your listener questions, uh, need a little help from the Truth and Justice Army. I need, for a super top secret mission, I need an attorney from California. I did speak with someone um, or someone, I made a post on the Truth and Justice fans page. And a California attorney responded to it. I sent a message and just and and haven't heard back from her yet. I don't think she's seen the message. So that may work out. But if it doesn't, or if you're listening to this, Kate, I need I, I need some help with an issue in California. I need a California attorney. So if you are a California attorney and are interested in helping out, reach out to us. You can shoot an email to theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can message me through Instagram, through Facebook, through Twitter. At Bob Ruff Truth and all of those, uh, anyway, all the ways, or just you know, call, shout me out and tag me in uh, in the fan page. There's lots of ways to get a hold of me, um, but could use some help if you happen to be a California attorney. And that being said, Mike, you got some questions. I do. Our first one's from Caroline. 
This episode had me walking away thinking, what can I do to help ensure all missing people are found? What are your thoughts on ways we can do that as a truth and justice community or individuals? I really like that she brought this question up. Because me as a listener, I feel that way too. I'm like, you know, we hear so much about this, but I want to know what we can do as a listener, as a fan, as just a general person to help push this along. I wish I had the answer. And, And so for me as a content creator, it's telling the stories. You know, there were people, there was, there's mixed feedback, to be honest with you, with this episode. A lot of people loved it just because it was Jillian. Uh, a lot of people really loved the broader view that we discussed on, on you know, that the, the was brought up from Gabby Petito's case about the missing women that aren't getting the exposure. Some people didn't like that, you know, that it went that, you know, every, it, it's, but for me, as a content creator who has an audience and has a platform, it's very important to me to try to use it to do good things. Obviously, this is how I make a living, but I, I do this, I, I make my living in this way because I want to make a difference. And, and I constantly have this discussion with myself, like, what are you doing to try to better the world? You are blessed uh, beyond belief to have myself, to have this, this platform and this audience. It's an amazing situation to be in. And so that I want to be, since I, I am blessed enough to have the platform, I want to use it to try to help. And sometimes that's all I, all I can do that, you know, that, that conversation with Jillian about that stuff, that wasn't, that wasn't off the cuff. We had, I mean, it was off the cuff, it wasn't like scripted, but we talked about it beforehand. And, you know, I told her I would like to discuss some of these broader issues and, and it's, it's not the easiest thing to do as a, as a, as a straight white guy. Right to have that conversation. I'm also not super well informed about it, but I want to get it out there. So for me, from my end, it's taking the opportunities when I have them to try to to create some exposure for these missing people. As a as a listener, I I don't know. There 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 are so many ways, I, and I wish I I could tell you go to this website, volunteer here. I, I haven't done that research to be to be completely honest with you, but. I know that those those places are out there. There are there are definitely ways that you can help. The, and and one of the biggest and easiest things you can do is share the stories. You know, you know, follow groups on Twitter that that are 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 looking for these missing and murdered Indigenous women and the the BIPOC community and, and you know all these different channels, hashtags, whatever that are out there to follow and retweet them and get the story out and and try to. Put them into the mainstream, but at the end of the day, a lot of this is it's going to take other content creators with massive platforms. You know, and that's you know, I've got a pretty good sized platform, but it's not there. There, you know, we've got a couple hundred thousand people. There are people with a couple hundred million people that are following them to put this out into the world. And and I guess that the root of all of it is what can you do is to care. Like you heard me say the word virtue signaling, that's a buzzword sometimes too, and and maybe I'm not even using it right. But what when I say that, what bothers me is when people are doing things in a public way just so that other people can see that they appear to be doing things, if that makes sense. And so, and so what I mean is you need to not like just show people like, look, I care. You need to care. You need to actually care and take actionable steps to do something. I can't tell you what those things are. There's a, it's just like with truth and justice. There's, there's a million different ways that you can help with this show. For example, I just asked for an attorney in California. I guarantee you there are dozens of listeners 
who happen to be attorneys in California who have been passively listening to the show or maybe not super actively listening to the show, kind of waiting for their shot to be able to do something to help. And now is their chance. We have an amazing research team that has helped select our cases. We have an amazing document organization team that just took the documents from the case the other team selected and and have now organized the documents. And then that's got passed on to another team of volunteers that are, are um, document summer, the document summary team. That's how far down it is. The people that are going in and breaking down those documents, each trial transcript and summarizing it. The point being, there's a million ways to help with any task. And there are a million ways that you can help with the problem that we have in this country, uh, likely in the world, of, of not only uh, so many missing women specifically is just, uh, you know, is, is a larger subset of, of an even greater problem that just aren't getting the exposure and aren't getting the help. And there's ways you can, I'm sure you can donate money. You can donate your time. You can help with marketing. There, there's a million ways to do it. You're going to have to do your own research. But all I would say is to truly, if you really want to help, then you need to truly care to begin with. And then you need to do something with that and take actionable steps forward. All right. Well said, Bob. Gene says, not a question, but I'd love to hear an interview with Brett and Alice from the Prosecutor's Podcast as a counterpoint to the Public Defender interview. Thanks. It's, it's funny you bring that up. We were just talking about beforehand. I told Mike that I think we were working on putting together an interview with, with uh, Alice and Brett for True Crime Binge. And as we sat down on my computer right in front of me, I just got an email from Alice saying that they want to be on the show and we're working on scheduling that. So good news and bad news. The good news is I'm going to be talking with Alice and Brett. And the bad news is, which hopefully isn't bad news, that it won't be on Truth and Justice. We're about to start a new, a, a new case and a new season here in just next week. Uh, but you'll have to go over to True Crime Binge to hear that. But if you haven't been listening to True Crime Binge, like we talked to a lot of really cool and interesting people over there. Like this week's episode, I have Margo Wan from the uh, military murder podcast. So we're always talking about getting into a case. We're talking about larger social issues. We're talking about their podcast, getting to know them. So please check it out. But if you want to hear from Brett and Alice, I don't know how far booked out we are. Uh, Erica Cantor, our production manager, handles that. But I, I, I would say probably about a month from now, they'll be they'll probably be on the show when we get that worked out. So it's coming, but it won't be on this feed. It'll be on that feed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lilia says, Jillian P is a gem, and I love this episode. When she said she and Patrick sometimes feel like they don't do stories justice when it's about the pain of BIPOC, I got to wondering. Would you or the TCO network, True Crime Obsessed, 
ever consider hosting a podcast about overlooked cases that would be hosted by black or indigenous hosts? I feel like the possibility is there, but funding and advertising can get in the way. You both are such popular true crime podcasts. I feel like either or both could help out in a big way. Also, I'm always ready for more assignments with regards to the West Memphis 3. I've written and I've shown up on Instagram, but should we be doing that? Is there a point where we, the general public, harm the fight for justice? Or alternatively, is there something more we could be doing? A lot to unpack there. Uh, let me start at the end, work backwards. Hold on. Before you go there, will, will one of you tell me what BIPOC stands for? That was one of the things I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so BIPOC stands for black and indigenous people of color. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I was going to put, as you read it, I thought, you know, we've said it a couple times, haven't explained what that meant for anybody that didn't know. The West Memphis Three, keep doing that. I, I, I don't know what the exact next actionable step needs to be. That's why I haven't told you. I've been saying for a year now through the pandemic that I want us to go do a sit-in somehow. I want to physically go to Memphis and make a stand. But there's so many moving parts right now. It's like they're hiding the ball so much that we don't even know exactly what we're asking for. What I, I mean, the big thing we we do know what we're asking for right now. If you want to write letters or make phone calls or send emails or use social media, is to point out is to me is asking where is the West Memphis Three evidence? Who destroyed the evidence? And they need to answer the public records requests. They need to answer for their actions, you know, because, you know, in summary from the episode that we that you just heard, essentially, they said, we have the evidence, we're willing to test the evidence, they disappeared, and then they said, we don't have the evidence, we destroyed the evidence, and they said, when? They said it was in a fire, and then so we filed open records requests saying, okay, well, I mean, before that even, we're like, when? When did you destroy it? And under whose orders? No response. So, so basically, in my opinion, I think they completely lied when they said it was destroyed, hoping they'd go away. The other alternatives, they actually did destroy it. We don't know, but they said we destroyed it. We said, you need to show us exactly when and under whose orders it was destroyed. And they've ghosted us from there. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, Mara Lever did the open records request with the fire department because at one point they said it was a fire in the police department. We've now proved that definitely is not what happened. Uh, so we know for a fact that was a lie. Ultimately, what we want to do is test the evidence and prove who killed Stevie, Michael, and Christopher. But now they've just made these more hurdles because now we got to find the evidence and we got to find out where they're hiding it. We got to find out if they destroyed it and if so, how and why and under whose orders. So, but that's definitely a situation. This is not one of those situations where we shut up and let the, the system work. I really like Jillian's idea of flooding their social media. Yeah. And I think that keeps it. In the forefront. Yep. You can continue to do that. And it's something we can all easily do. Yep. We're all on our phones all day. It, that's a really easy and call I, to action. And I love the idea of, as she said to do it, commenting on their other posts. Mm -hmm. Like every like the posts that are getting the local West Memphis citizens involved. You know, when they make a post about, hey, we're putting, you know, we're repainting the roads. And I'm like, thanks, it's time you did that. For that, those people that are commenting on that to see where is the evidence? Why aren't you answering these requests? Why are you keeping this case, th this case in the dark? Why aren't you know, all those questions? Yeah. So that's definitely something that you can do. And moving back into the, into the first part, as far as whether here at NBI studios or at true crime obsessed network, if we would have, if we would have a show with uh, a black or indigenous person of color as, as a host, hundred percent. I mean, I was, we get that sometimes I have a, I have a bad location problem, right? And the fact that I live in the Midwest 
in in an area where it's not a heavy pot. I mean, I live in a very rural area. It's not like I live in L.A. where I can you know go to the talent agency and say, hey, who do you got that's looking to do a podcast? But one hundred percent, I don't I don't know where to go even even find that person. But I would I would absolutely love to one hundred percent. I would produce an NBI podcast. Uh, if I had a, a particular host in that demographic that was going to do good work, I mean, I wouldn't not just because they are in that demographic, but if they, if they had a story they wanted to tell or work they wanted to do, I would absolutely do that. But it's just, it's hard to find. It's not as easy as pe- some people think, cause we get that a lot of here. You know, there's just three white guys here, you know, on the show, you need, you know, you need, uh, you need a woman or you need a, a person of color to be a part of it. Like that'd be great. We'd fire Zach in a second. Uh, yeah, I'm just joking, obviously, but you know, there's a fourth chair in here. We would love to do that, but I don't have anybody locally that, that is available to come in here every week and do that. Or I would, but yeah, if, 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 if that opportunity comes up, or if there's somebody listening that has an idea that fits into that category, uh, hit us up because I would love to. Nancy says, perhaps we could have a discussion on the legal oddities that mean native women are more vulnerable to both sexual assault and kidnapping. Reservations aren't under the jurisdiction of local police. Reservation police don't have jurisdiction to punish those who commit crimes against Native people. And the feds, who in theory have jurisdiction, don't do anything about it. So rates of prosecution for rape of a Native woman by a non-Native person has an even lower chance of arrest than the general population. And then she posted an article to explain her thoughts in more detail. So what do you think of that, Bob? Yeah, it's a tricky. I'm learning more. I'm looking into this more in the last week, and and yeah, there's definitely it's a tricky situation. I don't know the laws well enough to to fully understand it. There's a reason why so many people in that community and in, in the missing and murdered Indigenous women why there are so many that are that are being attacked and and are, and are falling victim to the to these situations. A lot of it has to do with exactly that. There's like no law enforcement, the law enforcement, the local law enforcement, the state law enforcement can't go into the reservation property to, they have no jurisdiction there to do anything about it. The reservation, the the law enforcement that, that is within the reservation, they don't have very many resources. They don't, they don't have much authority to do a whole lot. The federal government. So it's like this weird thing. I was looking into, you know, maybe doing a story, you know, maybe, maybe trying to use this platform to tell that story. And I, you know, I've I've been really moved as I've I've learned because I I mean I'm to be honest I I fell into the category of so many others like I didn't I, I mean I'd heard about this I didn't know it was as big of a problem as it was but with with the Petito case coming out it has shined a, a greater light on it and it is frustrating to sit back and say why isn't anybody doing anything so I've so I've started to to look into it and and I found like that even even doing that there's going to be there will be hurdles to even gain access to get in to talk to anyone within the reservation properties. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but there's gotta be people and organizations out there that can help. And, and that's, I'm just not in a position right now to be able to speak intelligently about it. Cause I've just started looking into it. Janaea says as a community, could we be creating and pushing for a Gabby's law, which assures that if a domestic abuse has been witnessed or suspected or mental health concerns, then parties are separated and can be placed in a 24 hour hold. If parties are under the age of 30, then parents are also notified. In DV situations, often even close family members aren't aware. Maybe from them knowing, it might break the cycle. It's a nice thought. I don't know exactly how you would legislate it. I mean, this the, the idea of forced separation, 
I think is a, is a really good idea. I don't know how much it'll help. Hopefully it would help some, but you know, 24 hours later, you know, the, the, you know, Gabby wasn't killed within 24 hours of, we don't think you know, looking at the timeline that I've seen of when that domestic violence situation happened. So even if they did separate that night, like the police asked them to do, they were right back together the next day. There's got to, we've got to do better on the front end somehow. I just had a really good conversation about this with uh, Jamie Poots, I think is his last name. He's an Australian podcaster. It's coming out on True Crime Binge. But we, we talk, he, was, he was a law enforcement officer who, who went through a similar situation. You know, uh, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So on the True Crime Binge feed, we're trying to – every case that we're going to be covering that month has to do with, with exactly this topic about domestic violence. That's why we were talking about it. So we talked a lot about what could be some things that we need to do on the front end just to be better humans. On the on the back end for law enforcement to make a law like this, I mean, first of all, the notifying parents if you're under 30, like that can't – that just can't happen. I mean, you're, you're an adult at 18. You can't – your doctor can't share information with your parents after you're 18 without your permission. You can't just decide that if someone's 29 years old that now we have to call your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just not possible. You know, and I think you hit it on the head. We have to be better people and and try to catch us on the front end because law enforcement can only do so much. I know law enforcement really failed in this case, that we're, the, mm-hmm. the Gabby case, but law enforcement can only do so much because some of these victims with the course of control just go back. You right. know, I, I don't know what the, the solution is, but I've seen it myself. Yeah, I have too. I had a friend of mine that, that had an issue with a boyfriend. I was there, stepped in, called the police, got a rest- help get a restraining order on this guy, you know, all in the morning. And then by the evening, talked to them and she was with the person. You could hear right. him in the background. So we, you know, I did everything in my power along with the law enforcement to try to separate them. Right. So, I mean, I'm not blaming her at all, but I, don't, I also don't know what the solution is. Right. And that's the thing is, is course of control is a real thing. There are things we can do. It, within the system to make the, you know, it, it's too underreported. There's a reason there, there's, there's certainly psychological abuse and emotional abuse and coercive control that, that leads to the inability sometimes for someone to get away from a situation. But we need to, as a society, stop saying things like, well, why didn't she just leave? Mm-hmm. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's another case I just talked to. Uh, another guest for our new podcast that's coming out in October on True Crime Binge, uh, Justine Vanderloom. The new podcast is going to be a big surprise when the podcast comes out, but it it covers a a, a domestic violence case. It's super interesting, and we, we talk a little bit of, a lot about this. How you know it's 
why aren't victims reported? There was there was a time up. It wasn't until like night until the eighties. It would happen all the time where if someone was charged with rape, you know, if a woman accused a man of rape or of domestic, then they they would go and march a bunch of witnesses through the courtroom that would say how promiscuous that the victim was. Mm-hmm. You know that the and, and then these guys would just get acquitted all the time. It's like, well, you couldn't have raped her because look, she she consented to sex with ten other people. So clearly you should have been, able, you know, it's, it's insane. Uh, we, we need to stop with that. We need to we provide better victims assistances, which Margot, that's on true crime bins today, uh, will be a couple days ago for you guys. Listen to this now. You know, she, ta- that was part of what she did in the military was to be, um, an advocate for, um, for victims or survivors is the better term to use of domestic violence situations. But uh, I'm trying not, to, I think I'm just going to go ahead and get on my rant because I'm, I'm already kind of on my soapbox. So I'm just going to get it out. But on the front end, you know, we you go all the way to school, parents, schools. There, there are things that we don't realize. There are things that we're doing right now that we don't realize or that some people don't realize are causing this fucking problem later. As an example, I have a 15-year-old daughter. When she goes to school, so many, especially, it's gotten a little better this year in the, in the past. If she wears a pair of leggings and a t-shirt and goes to school, she, we would we would get called. Becky and I would get get called to bring her a change of clothes because she was she was violating the dress code, wearing just leggings and a t shirt, a normal thing that you see people wearing all the time, just comfortable clothing. And and I got pissed about it. And Becky got pissed about it. And we we, t- we talked to the administration, and, and and we were told that if she, if she wants to wear leggings, she has to wear a shirt that goes down below her butt because it's a distraction to the boys when she dresses like that. It's a distraction to the boys. Meanwhile, by the way, the boys can wear whatever the hell they want to. And I'm not just a – I've got three boys. I'm a, I'm a boy dad too. But what the, the, the context there that's not being said out loud but they're hearing is you are responsible for the boy's behavior. You need to change your behaviors and what you're wearing and how you're dressing because those boys can't control themselves. They can't stay on task. They can't do the right thing if you dare to wear a tight pair of pants. We're beating this into our, our girls when they're young and then wondering why they're putting up with the shit they're putting up with when they're adults. So, so if we're talking about on the front end. We're trying to fix things after they happen. Go back to the beginning. Stop making girls responsible for boys' actions at the very beginning. And I know that's very black and white when it comes to gender. That's a whole nother issue. But but the, the I hope you understand the point I'm making here and not di- distracting that discussion somewhere else. But that but that needs to happen early. That needs to happen in the house. People need to need to be teaching their boys how to be proper men and stop putting the onus of the boys' actions on the girls when they're young. And I'll stop ranting now. Bob, I think that's a perfect place to start for this. I mean, that's a great starting point, and we need to move forward from there. Robin says, what was the big idea you had that you had to talk to Jillian off the air? There's more details to it, but uh, it's kind of what I was just talking about. I've been looking for a, I'm trying to word without giving too much away. I've been looking for another project to do. I want to do a, uh, like an NBI original, not long form that goes on for months and months and months in real time, but, but an investigative series, four to eight episode series. Yeah, that's as much as I'm going to say about it. 
and and but looking for a case or a story to tell and i my alarm bells were going off when i when, when we were talking about the missing and murdered indigenous women that you know that's you know there it is there's there's an opportunity for me to use this platform to try to help spread the word i'll tell you though that i was you know that i've been told i'd like some of your takes on it comment on on facebook or or wherever you comment i'm curious about it cuz i don't I try so hard. I try so hard to make sure that that I'm doing the right thing. And sometimes I admittedly I'm I'm tone deaf to certain things. I get I get gung-ho about it. But in some discussions I've had with people, I I've I've been told, well, you can't you can't as a white man go tell this story. That 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 a that a that a, a white man shouldn't tell the story of missing and murdered indigenous women. And I I don't understand that. I understand the sentiment, and I'm just being probably more transparent than I should be with you guys right now. But I, but but I trust all of you that are listening, and I trust your opinions on it because my thought. This is where I'm coming from. What is it that we're upset about? We are upset because nobody is is paying attention or giving a platform to these stories. Right? There are, you know, indigenous, BIPOC folks that are that are trying to tell these stories, but they're not getting traction because the white community that is in the true crime podcast space isn't talking about it. And so when I hear it, I was like, well, then, then we should, I don't want to talk about it. Like just like talk about doing, it. I want to do something. And if I can then use this and broadcast this story and get the attention that it deserves, which is right, which is kind of the problem we've been talking about, right? Is there's no exposure. Nobody cares about these cases. So I want to care and I want to give the cases exposure, but then just, just some of the feedback I get is, well, you just can't do that. It's, it's, I've been told it's, it's tone deaf and, and you need to find a different, a different host and all that would be great. We talked about some of that stuff before, but I'm just curious your thoughts about it because it just, and, and I'm, I'm not in any way trying to be disrespectful to anyone. I think you all know me enough to know that, but it, it, it genuinely it, it, it genuinely kind of confuses me that it, that if what we're trying to do is to bring attention to this, to the, I mean, let's face it, what we're trying to do is to get the stories of people of color out to the white audience and get the white audience to care. That's what we're trying to say without saying it. So I want to help be, be part of that and try to do that. Is that the wrong thing to do? Tell me what you think and give me your suggestions. I'm not talking about this is something we're going to do next week, but it's something that I have a passion for that I want to work on. So let me know what you think about that. And with that, I think I'm going to end right there. This has been kind of a weird episode. I've been on Soapbox, and I hope I haven't overshared, but I do appreciate you guys all uh, all being here, especially I always know, you know, through the, you know, between cases time. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate all your interactions and, and engagement. We've got one more bonus episode coming. It's coming in two days on Sunday. Uh, and this is not an interview. This week is a, it's a scripted episode. Um, I'm, I'm going to share with you the details of a case. It is the bridge between season 10 and season 11. So that's coming up on Sunday. Make sure you check that out. And then season 11 will be launching next Sunday, October 10th. That's the day we start a new case. We all dig back in, whole new case, whole new documents, whole new file. And I can't wait to get started. I'm sure a lot of you are excited too. We'll see you guys next week.
Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing, and all music for the show is created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by Zach Weaver, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team. Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kay Wood Yamnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, Erica Cantor, and Jen Reese Incandela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd really like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a 5-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, Truth and Justice Pod. Just click the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at BobRuffTruth. Mike can be found at Murb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G, and Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Mike Bussing. And this has been Truth and Justice. 